Totally Blitz podcast. We go into Boston to talk UFC 292. Aljo main event Sterling versus Sugar Sean O'Malley. And co-main Zonway Lee versus Amanda Lemos. Double belts on the line on this card. As always, go down, like, and subscribe. Make your picks in the comment section. Tell me your bets for the weekend if you're part of the gambling crew. And as always, this is Paul. Pick and win him, Concha. Double fisting because we got two belts on the line. Who's with me? Oh, man. The only the audio listeners can see my face. That boy said double fisting. But if you didn't know, we don't mind letting you know. It's your boy, Kev. Water boy, Savoy. A.K.A. the Dom P.Y.E. A.K.A. the People's Champion. You feel me? Know what I'm saying? And probably going to Boston. Ugh. To watch my dog, Aljamain, fuck him up, bruh. But before we talk any of that, who else be in this bitch with? It's your boy from the Boston Podcast, Gator Boy, a.k.a. South Bob Runs Boxing. We're here to talk some UFC. Man, we are another so, pay-per-view that's stacked to the brims. No cap. Paul, so this pay-per-view is lit. What's your favorite? What is your favorite um bet for tonight? My favorite bets for the night. It doesn't matter what your favorite <laughs> bet of the night is. If you don't put the whole house on Aljo, get up out of here. Damn, bro. He can't even he's not even part of my favorite bets no more, bro. I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> find something to cook up without Aljo. <laughs> People's champion. <laughs> I'm gonna be one of them, them like nerdy analytics like mm, the odds on Sugar Sean. Mm. <laughs> Got good value. <laughs> no, nah, but okay. no, nah, but for real though, bro. Like, when's the last time we had a double? I know it's been, I know not that long ago. Don't get me wrong, I'm not fucking drunk that much. But when's the last double champ main event? Like, uh, wasn't it? What are you talking about that boy, the um, two ninety. Yeah, I'm gonna say two ninety. Oh, yeah. I think because yeah, Vol- Volk and Brandon yeah, Moreno. Moreno Pantosa, yeah, and then Moreno Pantosa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So it was one recently. I, I don't know. I just love the atmosphere when it comes to double. Like, you can tell your casual friends. Like, people don't even watch UFC, but we're like, yeah, but you got to pay attention to this pay per view. Why? Bro, you got two champions, bro. You got two belts on the line. What? Like, all of a sudden, just, it's such a good weekend. Facts. Mm-hmm. Think about it. The UFC Canada, I'm just saying, that was a double champ. That was a double champ. You got, you had um, Amanda Nunez and Aldana, and then you had the people's, the former people's champion, the the also people's champion, Charles Oliveira, defending his people's champions. But I'm just saying, champ only has like, one. Sound like them tank fans right now when they know he. The, the champ. The champ no, I, I, I was. I the really champ. think I was. I was. I was like, who's the other champion on that car? <laughs> the champ has one name, and it's Charles Oliveira. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, but uh, I mean, we had to get Gator in here. If anyone knows Gator, he's a big boxing guy, but he makes exceptions when it comes to UFC, and he loves him some of that Sugar Sean O'Malley. Yeah, so Sugar Sean, my boy, I just don't know if um, you know, he's gonna come, he's gonna get the win. Bro, you know what's the thing about Sugar Sean O'Malley to me? Cause we call him Sugar. Like we only call him Sugar. We only call him Sugar. The only time you ever hear O'Malley come out us on the podcast, yeah, it's Sugar. But like, you guys ever hear that Tyler on the creator song "Sweet"? You're like, you could call me Sugar. You're so sweet. <laughs> you call me Sugar. You're so sweet to me. So anytime I hear that, I immediately think that, and I'm like, don't get me wrong. This dude is a hitter. He's a hitter. He is a great. He's great with the business. He handled business. He beat Peter Yan. Fair and square, no no robbery whatsoever. Close fight, but mm-hmm. I don't, I, I'm not I'm not I'm not sold on Sugar is gonna be my next bantamweight champion. But that's just me though. We can talk the rest of the card first. All right, let's get into it then. We can start. Honestly, I'll throw the floor to that boy, Kev. How about them tough finale matchups? Let us know what we should walk it, uh, watching for. We can just start with Cody Gibson versus Brad Katana. Katana is the favorite here. And everything I know from what you told me also, that Katana, I think, was your pick also to win it all the last time I talked to you. So Katana's won, won this um, tough before. And technically, um, Katana's on Team McGregor now because of um, – because he switched over after McGregor ran out of guys. And the thing about it is that 
Katana and McGregor were already cool beforehand, so I don't know why McGregor didn't pick the niggas in the first place, but he wanted to pick the young guns instead, which made him look bad. But Katana's a good dude. And Katana, if you guys don't remember, Katana's the same dude that was arguing with Michael Chandler. When he was like, he was like, Earlier episodes. Yeah, I think we should be watching film. We should be watching film and stuff like that. And Katana, and then Michael Chandler's like, bro, this motherfucker doesn't get out of my face. Like, <laughs> and well, I always like Katana because his strategy to the whole show was fire because he because because he's won tough before. He knows that like you can end up fighting one of your teammates, which is going on right now. And you don't want them to see all your weapons. You want to like move smooth. You kind of want to be standoffish. You don't want to be too friendly because anybody can be an enemy one day. You don't want to accidentally tell somebody you're not good at this or like somebody see a flaw in you that they end up taking advantage of later. So he was thinking strategically and treating this like chess from day one, and he did it behind a smile and glasses. So that's why Katana was my pick for the tough fight this entire season. But Cody Gibson is no slouch either. I want to say he has one finish, maybe two, but Cody Gibson really came through and he was fucking shit up also. So there's going to be a great fight. And like, I think this might change what tough means, you feel me? Because <laughs> like, this is going to be two hitters right here. They might be able to make something shake in the UFC. All right. And then we got the other fight. Kurt Holobaugh versus Austin Hubbard. Yeah, I like my dog Austin in this one. Austin I is a slight favorite here. Very slight, though. Still very close odds. That was a quite slight. But, yeah, I like Austin in this one. I mean, where are these mother truckers at? I didn't keep up too much when it came to this division, but Austin's been cold in the entire time. I want to say he was on um, – these are the two dudes that were both on um, Team Chandler. So, like, it's going to be a hitter. I want to see what happens with us. I mean, they didn't impress me too much at the – um. They didn't, yeah, they didn't really impress me too much watching the shit. Um, Austin Hubbard's last fight was a split decision win, which I think it was a good fight. And then um, – yeah, and then um, – what's it called? Hall of ball had on a second round cable. I mean, I didn't really, I think this is when I probably started slowing down and watching the toughs every week when these two, when those two fights went down. But I think this would be a decent fight either. But I'm looking forward to that Brian Katana, that Cody Gibson fight. And Michael Chandler tweeted some shit out, and I forgot to check to see what Brad Katana said. But um, Michael Chandler was like, acted as if like Katana wasn't on his team, like in the beginning of the show. So there's a little, a little bit of drama, there's a little bit of edge on this one. A little bit, there's a little bit. Just a little bit. I wish I had I'll tweet about it. I'll, I'll tweet it on the, on the, on the page. I want to see what um, Katana said about that shit. Because, you know, that nigga does burn with Connor. So he got the comebacks. All right. And then, uh, so that's your little expertise, I would say, right now. The little tough. That boy is the only one that's been tuning in. He's the only expert mm. on the panel we got. But I'm not going to rap, Kelsey. I definitely didn't watch, like, last two or three weeks. And then I'm going to highlight real quick. Two fights that go on before them. You got GM3, Gerard Mearshart, that guy, I fuck with Gerard Mearshart, heavy submission specialist, big underdog, plus 200 against Andre Petrosky. Petrosky got, uh, he had one loss and it was the Brian battle. And I believe that uh, was for the finale on Tough. And Brian Battle's doing big things from a Tough Fighter, so he, he's still holding it down. But so Petrosky's one loss uh, is to him, which has aged pretty well because Brian Battle has shown that he's he's legit. And then since then, he's rattled off uh, four wins, one KO, two submissions, and he has a win over Thurman coming off a win over Thurman. So he's a big favorite here. But he's a submission artist, in my opinion, and he got submitted by Brian Battle. So the only reason I'm highlighting this is just Gerard Mearshart's a big underdog, submission specialist. If it hits the mat, he's better than you. He's similar. He's like the Paul Craig kind of similar thing where, like, you know his one good thing is on the mat. So I just think if Gerard Mearshart's taking this seriously and Andre Petrovsky tries to shoot a takedown in this fight, I'm I'm pointing this fight out just because I'm personally going to sprinkle a little bit on Mearshart uh, decision. Uh, Mearshart to win plus two hundred, and then I'm I'm gonna peep Mearshart submission odds. If they're if they're looking juicy, I might sprinkle a little bit of something on that too. Okay, okay, okay. And then Natalia Silva, big favorite against Andrea Lee, plus two eighty. Natalia Silva, if you know her, you know her. She's like twenty six. She's fine. She knocked. I was about to say, 
Didn't she get the Booty Meat Award from um, reigning uh, Booty Meat Champion UFC holder right now? Oh, she is bad as fuck, ain't she? And she and she's young, but big favorite. This is a big test. Andrea Lee. She has win over uh the the other Shevchenko sister, Antonia Shevchenko. She has submitted her. She got a KO, but she loses the hitter. So like it's kind of like a test. If Natalia Silva, who has like three straight wins since joining the UFC, two KO, has Taekwondo background. She loves to stand, but she's Brazilian, so she got the BJJ in her back pocket as always. So. She kind of could do it all. She's fun to watch. But this would be the test. I'm not betting on her because she's such a big favorite at minus 360, minus 360. I wouldn't touch this fight if I was anyone just because it's early into the prelims. You never know how these fights always go. Sometimes the odds have it wrong. Sometimes a lot, a lot of time the odds is favoring the more known fighter, which is Natalia Silva right now. So I wouldn't touch this just because if Natalia Silva is just run-of-the-mill average and she's just been beating up cans. Andrea Lee could make this fight very interesting. And then on vice versa, if she is going to be a top 10 fighter in the flyweight women's division, this should be a fight that we watch her get a good, a, an easy win. So this will be a fight that I'm paying kind of close attention to for the women flyweights. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie to you. I might be a new Natalia Sylvia fan. I just thought I, I can stick it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but let's get into it, boys. Chris Wyman coming back after two years, shattered his leg. He's taking on Brad Tavares. He's a massive underdog at plus 235 against Brad Tavares. 39 years old. It doesn't, that's not the age you want to come back at, but homeboy's got heart. He's never given up since he shattered his leg. So how are we feeling about this fight against Brad Tavares, who also just got like brutally beat down by Bruno Silva? So like he's not looking too hot either. He's thirty six. He's not that the youngest cat in the um in the gym. Chris Wyman. Oh, no, he's thirty five. He's thirty five. I apologize. Wyman's thirty nine though. Mm-hmm. You can go get him. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I th- yeah, I think I think the yeah I think they're both just kind of I think they're both just kind of like I think they're both just kind of want that 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 last fight. Before they go out, you know what I'm saying. Both go out on a on on a positive note. You know what I'm saying. Chris Whiteman coming back from that injury. You know what I'm saying. Brad Tavares coming back from that brutal loss, and they just you know what I'm saying. They just want to get you know get our last one. In. Are we are, are the odds makers disrespecting Whiteman here, or is it fair to put him as such a big underdog coming off a shattered leg and 39 years old, even though he is a legend? Can't stress that enough. Right. I think I, I think I think you it's, one I, of I think those, it's Kev. Yeah, one of those. You know what I'm saying that's why I had to put it up. You know, fellow champions always respect champions. You feel me? But is it disrespect or is it just what the UFC does? They usually feed the old to the young type shit. Like, and even though blah 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 is not the craziest, the craziest, crazy old, but like crazy young. But um, Chris Weidman, he just wants to come back and do it again. My question is, I think he's still training with Ray Longo and the boys, ain't he? Isn't he coming out that camp? Yeah. I'm pretty yeah, and and honestly, he's been there so long. It's the camp's called Longo a Weidman. I thought it was Longo Sarah. Oh well, I'm looking at right now. He's fighting from Longo Weidman MMA. Oh, that's crazy. So yeah, man, I think he's going in to prove something. And we've seen a lot of vets look good. So I don't know, man. I think I might have to go with my my fellow former champion. Once a champ, always a champ. Chris Weidman. In this he's season. one wrestling motherfucker. So I would say as long as that knee can hold, I think he's still got some takedowns in him. Like he was, he's one of a kind when he was in his prime. And, and the thing about Chris Weidman is that even though I wasn't even an MMA casual, even I knew about what happened to Anderson Silva, who was there, who was there when it happened. So motherfucking, for the same shit that happened to him was insane to me. And so Weidman, he's two and three in the last five. I know it stretches back to 2017 because of everything going on. But the two wins, I mean, his losses are to Dominique Reyes, which was at a dog during that time in 2019. Well, it aged quite well. Jacquier Souza, which didn't age very well because Jacquier Souza was old at this time. But he also got KO'd by Uriah Hall in the first round is where he shattered his leg. But his two wins are to Kevin Gasly, submitted him. 
and he got his and he got the unanimous decision over O'Mary O'Harry Akhmadov, who was runner up in last year's PFL against Rob Wilkerson. I'll take that whatever it's worth. Runner up champ. These fights are aging quite well. Yeah, so but that's just, I wanted to point that out real quick, but I'm honestly gonna pick I'm not betting this fight it's too big of a money line. But I think Brad Tavares is going to win. I I mean, he was getting beat up by some of the – like, Jacques Souza was old. And the other one isn't a bad loss. But, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like at 39, it's kind of hard to come back. I hope he looks good. But I don't think this is going to be like the Rob – You remember, remember how Robbie Lawler looked in his last fight? And we're like, yeah, it's fucking God. Yeah. But then you remember how Eddie Alvarez looked in his last fight? And he got KO'd viciously with, like, a flying knee? Like, mm. I, I – I, I don't wish it upon nobody, <laughs> but this might be the fight, and I think USC knows what they're doing here because you got to get something to get the crowd going. Oh my god! And I think, <laughs> and I think, I, I, think, I, think so. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> I, I think I think it's gonna be another. Um, I I think it's gonna be another like really bad like knockout for 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 white men, and and that's no disrespect. He's a legend, but. But yeah, I'm going. I'm going. That's Tavares. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> I'm telling you, hey, these betting websites need to add that like KO plus two hundred, right? This oh is... my god, KO plus like a thousand. Like I, I need those betting because I'm like I need that little extra juice on it. And then, and then no, and you only, but you can only you only put it on for fights with Joe Rogan's there. So Joe, like, oh my, oh yep, there it goes. Hit, I just cashed. <laughs> Do you get a – are you riding with the fellow champ, Kev? Are you going to be the – Oh, come on, man. You know what I'm saying? Chris Weidman out the Ray Longo Weidman camp. You feel me? He knows how to come out. I think he wrestles the fuck out his ass. He comes through with some good cardio, and he knows what needs to get done. And fuck the UFC for always feeding all out, feeding all the good old fighters to young days. All right. And our next fight, Marlon Vera Cheeto, minus 190, slightly big odds on him, versus Pedro Munoz, plus 160. Uh, me and me and Gator were talking this fight pre podcast earlier today, and I I said it. I think I still stand by it. This is Cheeto versus his future self, where oh, oh future self, yeah, like this I is you said, pa- ten years I, I thought, ten years older. Like this is the older version of Cheeto. I thought oh, I thought you, oh that's oh you think that's what Cheeto is going to be in ten years? Oh, I thought yeah. you meant like that he's Cheeto, but just 10 years older. I, oh, yeah, I see what you No, no, I, I, no, I disagree with that one. I disagree. No, I'm I, telling, I, I, disagree. I think Pedro Munoz and Cheeto, they both don't throw a lot of shots, but when they do, they make them count because they got pop behind them. Cheeto does have the, the speed advantage. Don't get me wrong. He's definitely have faster hands, but he doesn't have fast hands. We, we saw him fight Corey Sanhagen. We saw what fast hands look like. We saw him fight Rob Font. We saw what fast hands look like. He had pop behind his hands, which Pedro Munoz has always had. And when Pedro Munoz went into his last fight against Chris Gutierrez, he was a big underdog, I think plus 200, plus 250. And I picked Munoz, and my whole thing was uh, Gutierrez is a wild man. He likes to throw wild shots. Pedro Munoz is going to make his shots count. He'll get the knockdown, uh, maybe finish. And he got the Namus decision. But I just think Marlon Vera, Kev knows, he's been with me the whole Marlon Vera train where I'm not – the high on Marlon Vera. I went out when he was in the hype of his shit. I said, he's never going to touch gold in the UFC. Like, and like people called me a hater, but I just, I just don't think his skill, I think he's a fun fighter. I think he's cool, but he's too slow. And, but he has power behind his shots. And if he can hurt you, he can hurt you, but he has to be matched up with people that can't wrestle. Fuck him. That aren't faster. If he fights Song Yudong, it's going to look like how Corey Sanhagen did him. If he fights Umar, if he fights Aljo, he fights Sugar Sean again. Like, if they, like these people even have speed advantages on him over wrestle the fuck out. He, beat, he, he beats. Oh, he he beats Sugar Sean. Uh, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Beat him. Tell him, JP. Beat him. But yeah, but yeah, I say, but but Pedro is just IQ. I think he's smarter, and I just think these two are gonna be. We're gonna see two guys walk up and wait for the other one to throw a punch. And then yeah. it's some leg kicks, and it's going to be – but I just don't – but I will say Pedro Munoz has the better ground game. Like, we saw with Gutierrez. So, I, I just think, as an underdog, I'm riding Pedro Munoz here. I'm going to throw it out like that. I'm riding Pedro Munoz here. I mean, I'm going to let Gator do what he do. 
See, I'm a big Marlon Vera fan. And I'm a big Marlon Vera fan. And Marlon Vera, we call him Cheeto Vera. I, I call I call him I, I call him, his first name is Marlon. I always call him Cheeto, but yeah. But I'm a big Cheeto guy. And I'll be honest, there was a time where I really thought, you know what I'm saying, he was really going to touch that gold, especially if he got, especially if he fought Aljo. I really thought he would piece up Aljo really bad. You know what I'm saying? The, the Corey Sanhagen fight, you know, it was, it was tough to watch. I suppose them, some might say. Hey, man. I, I would say he won one of those I would, I would cards, say, He won one of them cards, though. That person's still getting investigated right now. <laughs> No, 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 no. I want to. I want to say. I want to. I want to say exposed. But he. He often. He often starts off slow because he tries to figure him out. Then he. Then obviously there's a quick change of pace in the later rounds of the fights. The only thing I'm concerned is when is he. When does he find that pace? Because this is a three round fight. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. He didn't really start fighting. And even. Even. Even against his fight against. Um, Cruz, even against his fight against Cruz, he didn't start pushing, putting on a pace until like, the late third round. First round and a half to two rounds. He like, won the first. He won the first two. He won the first two rounds. He won the first two rounds before he tasted that toe. You know, you know, you know. What I'm saying, and my thing is in a three in a three round fight, and it wasn't until like late of the third round and he started pushing the pace and really started. You know what I'm saying? But my question is, in the three round fights, you know what I'm saying? Does he get that pace? Does he find that pace early, or does he stay hesitant? I think he finds that pace early. I think he looks at his mistakes, his mistakes from the Corey fight. He's gonna need that. Yeah, yeah, he and he he's also too accurate with his hands. Like he, like you said, he doesn't throw much much punches and make some counts, but he's but he's pretty efficient with his hit, with his hits. So yeah. I have him with the third now, the third round finish. Kev, see, see, see my dog, see my dog Chito, supposed to fight. Say Huto. But Cejudo got a shoulder injury, you feel me? So my dog, Pedro Minas, we appreciate you, took this fight so my dog Cheeto can get a dub, you feel me? Cheeto mm-hmm. is about to understand that he can't sit down and download data. He can't sit here and wait. That's right. He can't hope that everything's going to be smooth. He's going he's gonna to go in it. He's going to press the gas. And he's gonna show mm-hmm. motherfuckers that he's nice like that for real. He's not. He might be. He might have a a smaller output, a a lower output in the first round, but the second and third, he's going mm-hmm. in there to get that finish, man. He's about to show us a different a different breed, and that's on me. I'm getting. I'm getting anyway versus Fulton flashbacks right now. I picked anyway. What you talking about? I know, but wait, the wait, way, wait, 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 wait. We're turning who, they back it? against me. Who's it? Who's it? In the way? No, I know. I'm just saying. I'm getting that similar vibe. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Trying, okay. I'm, I'm sitting here trying to talk to people, and people over here ain't listening. I, I yeah, want to. This is Pog's dog of the night, bro. Put a bark on that motherfucker. Pardo right. Munoz is gonna get the dub, and I'm gonna say it's gonna be a decision. Like y'all said, he likes to take it slow, and I think Munoz wins that first round pretty easily. Maybe he gets a takedown, gets control time. And that second and third round, where I think will be close, I just think, I think Pedro Munoz is gonna get the decision here. Cheeto, I just think my big thing with Cheeto is Cheeto relies on getting a knockdown, and I don't like that in boxers, and I do not like that in UFC fighters. All right, can't be more split than we is. Let's move on. We got Mario Batista fighting Damon Blackshear, who we saw at the UFC Vegas 78 card, get the twister over Jose Johnson. He's going back-to-back, which I don't think I've ever seen in my life, going up against Mario Batista, who is the 2-1 to favorite here, pretty big favorite. And Batista has looked good since joining the UFC. Uh, I think he's undefeated in the UFC. Uh, oh, no, he has two losses. Two losses in UFC. He is six and two in the UFC. One loss to Corey Sanhagen in 2019, a submission, which has aged fucking great. Corey Sanhagen is a killer. And then uh, Trevon Jones knocked him out uh, back in 2021. Trevon Jones is a honestly he's looked really great also. So I think not bad, not bad losses so far. And he's beating mm. up all the other guys who should I want to say shouldn't be in the UFC. But guys that he's went up against and he should beat. And he's made it look pretty pretty easy. 
But Damon Blackshear, we saw him coming off a twister. Does he carry it over into this week, or is it this is why you don't cut weight twice? You don't cut weight twice, and this is going to be a perfect example. Mario, you know, Mario, Mario, Mario Batista is a, you know, what I'm saying, is a really hard fight. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know. This is showing that he got that dog, you know. Dana White, Dana and the boys love people that do them favors, so this is always going to make them look good. And even if he loses, as long as he comes in and like takes it, takes it and shows that like, yo, bro, like, I'm here to fight. Like, I want fights. I want to just stay active. I want to do things. It's going to build his brand, build his stock. And if he wins. Oh, bro got a twister last week where I came back the next week, got him another W. Oh, he's going to move up. He's going to be looking really, really good time when it comes time to um start making some rankings and stuff like that. Bro's going to be in that talks now. So I'm going to be looking for this. Damon Blackshear, he didn't take much damage, so I'm not too worried about it. And I just want to see – I just want to see because Batista is a submission artist. Most of his wins are by submission or decision. Good on the ground. He shoots the takedowns. He's pretty effective. He's 67% takedown accuracy. Is Damon Blackshear, he has the longer reach. He's going to have to reach. Is he going to be fighting from the outside knowing that, like, oh, I kind of have the stand-up game here. I, I may be able to win on the foot. Or does the twister get to my boy's head? And he goes in there, and he's welcome, like welcoming the, the takedown, welcoming fighting off his back on the mat. And Mario Batista, I don't think, is someone you could do that against. So I'm going to be looking for that because if that's what happens and Damon Blackshear still wins and submits my boy Mario Batista, I'm going to be like, holy fuck, Damon, Damon Black, it's not Damon, Damon Blackshear is the fucking legit truth. But if he goes in dominated and he lets the twister go to his head, I'm like, oh, he's fucking young and stupid. I'm gonna go with my boy Damon Blackshear just because I don't I, I don't have many dogs on the card. I know I got I got a couple, but I just think this is a very interesting spot for being a plus two hundred. And I know it's a double weight cut, but I don't know what he walks around at. I don't know if this is an easy weight cut for him where it's no big deal. Just like no one ever tweaks when Terrence McKinney steps in a fight week prior. Like, just because he has no problem with that weight cut doesn't affect him. Now, if you see fucking Alex Piera fill in a week before a fight, you're like, oh, the weight cut kills him. Like, fucking bet the house. That is true. So, like, I don't know about DeMond Blackshear's weight cut too much. So, I I want – like, so I'm I'm taking I'm taking the fucking risk here, and I'm going to take him as an underdog. He left a good taste in my mouth. No homo. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> No, nah, I'm fucking with it. I got my dog Demon Black here. I'm hoping that he can make something shake. I'm going, but I'm going Batista. I just think you need, you know, you, this this isn't enough time for him to for him to game plan. Especially right. against this game. I'm gonna start calling this because we got the main event and co-main event. I'm gonna call this the featured main card fight. Ian Gary fighting Neil Magny, who filled in last minute. Geoff Neil said he got hurt. He can't make the fight. He he tried to fight through it. All that good stuff. Instead, we get the Neil Magny fight, who Ian Gary called for first, and he got G off Neil. He said maybe this is the God's answer in his prayers. Maybe he'll get Magny, and he did. He got Magny here. Magny's a massive underdog, plus 370 going up against Ian Gary, minus 490. Ian Gary's yet to taste an L. Neil Magny, I mean, he's as he's as legit as they come in the top 15. There is this is literally I I we I don't want to say gatekeeper, but he is practicing gate. I think I called him gatekeeper when he fought Shawcrop Rock Minoff. So like he is the gatekeeper kind of at this welterweight division. If you are supposed to be in the top top seven, top six of fighters in the world, you should be able to take care of a Neil Magny. If you're not, you're gonna be enough, you're gonna be in for a long day. So how are we feeling about the the undefeated prospect here? Right. Oh my gosh, Ian Gary is gassed the fuck up right now. I was watching that boy on Ariel Hawani last night. Oh my gosh. I'm going to say gas. That, that boy is on that 93 Petro real deal sports car gas. He's feeling himself. He's, he's, he, has, he has Ireland on his back right now. He's thankful for Neil Magny coming in and um, picking up the fight. He's ready to fuck shit. He's, he feels like for him, he feels like the man. And I don't know if it's good or bad. I don't know if it's cockiness or if it's motherfucking just that Irish blood, you got to talk your shit, or if it's just confidence. Like, I don't know what it is, but 
this man is on 10 right now. Damn. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, going, I'm, going, I'm going in. I'm oh, sorry, what are you saying? As a gator, you're quiet over there. Oh, oh no! Oh, I was I was waiting for KK to finish, but I'm going. But I'm going. But I'm going. Ian, Ian Gary. At first, at first, I was a little bit of a hater. I'll be. I'll be honest. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I feel like he was trying to copy McGregor too much at the at the beginning, trying to copy a little bit of his phrases and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? But then I watched a couple of his fights, and I became a fan. I fought, watched his fight against Weeks. You know, it's very fun, and he wants to take on the challenges. And I mean, he also the Gabe Green fight was nice. D Rod is the most mm-hmm. memorable to anybody. Also, good. top fifteen, his introduction to top fifteen. Mm-hmm. But Ian Gary got his Ian Machado Gary. His middle name is Machado, bro. Like that told you this guy's gonna be a fucking warrior. Oh yeah. And he said what? Um, two ninety two would go down the drain without him. And I'm not gonna lie, Aljo and Sterling is nice, but like we lost to Henry Cejudo on the card, and like. You need to have that fan favorite guy on the main card or some. We gotta have someone mm-hmm. can't just be the main event. We see we see title fights on fight nights nowadays. We spoil. Oh, yeah. So like we gotta have something. So he's not kind of wrong here. And he is that his mic skills have grown on me. At first I was like, bro, he's kind of he wants oh, to be yeah. forcing it. I feel like he's kind of found his groove where he doesn't have to be like the the I'm better than you tough guy that Connor kind of was, Braggadocio. He can kind of be he his own person. Yeah, he can be his own person. We saw it in the vlog where he set up D Rod with the pizza before fight night last card. He he mm-hmm. can be the funny guy. He he can be the little tricks. Like he's he's found his own lane, and that's what grew on me. It's not forcing it no more. So like I I'm gonna tell you there, the co-main main event in this fight. That is my three-leg parlay of the night. I'm going to get into it more as we touch the main event and co-main event. But the first leg, Ian Gary. I don't get that. Oh, yeah. Do not scare me. Go Ian Gary, man. Y'all, y'all love y'all some Ian Gary. Everybody's Ian Gary. You know, you know, in the you know, you know, in the high kill? You know, in the high I love some Ian Gary. I he hates he proper 12. He don't like Guinness. He doesn't drink Shut Irish up. Stout. He don't even believe in leprechauns. <laughs> y'all love y'all so yeah, yeah, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, hey, after this fight, might you gonna change your mind? I'm not I'm not a hater of Ian Gary. I believe in Ian Gary. I think Ian Gary is the truth. But boy. But you, you think know, he's a little you think he's a little overhyped, you think? Nah, I think 12 and 0. I think he's just gassed up right now. I think he's lit, he's feeling himself. He knows that this 170 pound division is wide open. He knows the guy mm-hmm. that he's fighting is 36. Like, you feel me? And he's only 25. Like, he's very lit right now. He just got tatted. Like, you feel me? He's only wanted new challenges, and he's wanting to fight people and people ranked higher than him in the division. So I got nothing but um, respect for Ian Gary. And I feel like he got lucky, like, because he didn't have to fight Hazmat anywhere on his rise. So, like, that's that's um, that's always a good that's always a good a good thing. But I like Neil Magny, man. I feel like Neil Magny coming out of nowhere. He, he took this fight on short notice. He's feeling himself. I've always been a big, I've always been a Neil Magny supporter. I like that dude. The kind of treats this like work. He gets this shit done and goes home type shit. So I don't know. I feel like a lot of people are sleeping on Neil Magny. And even if Neil Magny doesn't get the win, I feel like his stock is going to go up in this fight. Hey, if Hamza was a really a welterweight, two week notice should have been no problem. <laughs> But we all know how <laughs> fucking welterweight, right? He ain't making this fucking weight class for real. Yeah, yeah, it's just seven pounds. I can cut the weight, no problem. But no, I respect the cap. I like the. I like how we all have kind of like separate pits moving on. I don't know these next two fights. I don't know how separate we're gonna get. But we whole <laughs> main event. My dog, my woman, my. My person here, Zongwei Lee, massive favorite against Manda Lemos. Big all the odds are kind of big. Like I want to say massive, but it's like plus two hundred, minus three hundred. Like these are some big, big odds here. But Amanda's Lemos, who's honestly, she's a woman's woman. She's another person who you look at her and you're like, oh, I'm not gonna fuck with her. So. Does she have a shot, or is Zhang Wei Li just the dominant champion that uh, again? 
What's up, JP? Team Waylee. Team Waylee, baby. Team Waylee. Ni hao. <laughs> she's just a she's just a dominant she's just a dominant champion. I've been a huge fan of Waylee. Waylee all the time. When she lost that when she lost that build against Rose against Rose in twenty twenty one, I was very upset. And I was even more upset when she got robbed. So seeing seeing her her last fight win her title back was real was you know was really fun to see. And I'm excited for her. To, I'm excited for this one. Man, I mean, you gotta love you, Suzanne Whaley. You don't even gotta be a big champion guy to love you, Suzanne Whaley. I think Suzanne Whaley, ever since she took her last loss, she like she just found something that she just didn't know she had. She went to the right camp. She did whatever she needed to do because she's been a freak of nature, a monster. I was watching the countdown, and my sister was in the room, and I was like, oh, you might appreciate this. So I was watching on my iPad. I ended up putting it on the TV, and then she was like, oh, wow, he's ripped. And I was like, oh, wait for it, wait for it. You know, my, oh, my gosh, that's a girl? I said, no, that's a woman. Like, you feel me? Hey, maybe it's the beer talking. Maybe it's the beer like, talking. No, nah, that's real. But I mean, you gotta love you some Zongwei Lee. But Lemos is no joke either. Don't sleep on her even slightly. Amanda Lemos. What my favorite submission last year was that standing guillotine. Yep, that shit was beautiful. She probably started off guillotine season with that. So like, Amanda Lemos is not fine. She's ranked like number five in the division. Not bad, but Zongwei Lee is just different. There's a lot of fights that she's on. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of motherfuckers she's about to take off while she has a championship reign. And the UFC wants to push her like a motherfucker because she's from China. You know they're trying to make it the relations with China, right? You know how that goes. I'm gonna go on record right now, and this could be the biggest. I'm gonna go. We're about to see the Amanda Nunes run out of Zhang Wei Li. I like it. I like it. I like it too. And then we'll we'll get the Rose rematch next year or two years from now, and that's gonna be highly anticipated. Like that'll be the trilogy. Yeah, like it'll be the the, the trilogy, but and then like it'll be high like pound for pound, pound like one great versus mm-hmm. like, get like the Nunes versus Cyborg fight that we never got, which will be the Rose versus Zong's three. Uh, Rose is finally back from her height, whatever the hell she's doing. Like so, and then yeah, yeah in the mind, guys. Yeah, well, she's letting the, the pay per view grow. I, she's smart. She's a businesswoman. Right? Nunes, and that, Nunes this is the Nunes 2.0 run. This is new, the Brazilians had their Nunes. The Chinese are gonna have her way leads. Right, and they can have the um the fight in like Singapore or somewhere in China with um um Ying Xiaoping, whatever her name is. That'd yeah. Be a good one. That's Rousey. Ronda Rousey handed, even though Holly Holm beat her, Ronda Rousey handed the torch to Nunes. I don't care what you say when it came to pay per view numbers and who was the woman's icon. Rousey handed oh, the yeah, torch to Nunes. And Nunes, I think, is, we'll see the torch is being handed off to Whaley at this point, I think. And Shevchenko will be that person who's in between both runs. You know, like, you know, great basketball players sometimes happen to. Be a part of like the 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 early like they'll be a part of the Kobe run and the LeBron run, so they don't get the shine like the same like how Dwayne Wade mm-hmm. might be. Like that's gonna be that's gonna be the um the like the roses and everyone else like and Shevchenko like all the other great fighters. Mm-hmm. Like, we're gonna see the Whaley run. That was a really really good take. I'm not gonna lie. I fuck, I fuck okay. with that. Right. We gotta get the hardest takes of the year like um files and that's in that's in that bitch. That was tough. I hope I'm not wrong, bro, because that's gonna be the biggest egg on the head moment. Oh, oh yeah! Imagine she just come through and just get get tapped the fuck out. Glimos <laughs> beats her in the fucking. Joe <laughs> no Rogan said, "Welcome to the Loyola Machida." I'm, I'm about to say, I'm about to be like, I'm, I'm about to hit you with. The, I think Glimos is on a Juliana Pena run. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now let's get into the main event, boys. This is gonna be from one wrestling motherfucker to the next wrestling motherfucker. They should call it sugar. So sweet. Al Jermaine Zen Sterling. Mine Taking on the rainbow haired Sugar Sean O'Malley plus 205. I mean, we they have the beef. They they do not like each other. We had the the, the face-off moment in the octagon where Marab stole the jacket. 
Mm-hmm. There's a little history between the two, too. We're one weight cut away, boys. One weight, weigh-in day away from the main event. I'm taking my belt off for this one. Put my belt on the line for this one. I hold my belt, you jabroni. It's on the line? It's on the line? I had to finish my beer for this. To put my motherfucking backpack on. Oh, it's backpack season? Backpack season, homie. I cannot condone this. I am anti-backpacking UFC. Bro, backpack season, man. Strap up. Strap up. Get your school supplies together. We going back to school, homie. But this is the fight that I think everybody was waiting for by accident. Nobody knew that we really, really, really needed to see this fight until we just kept hearing the back and forth and the back and forth. And then the hate for Aljo in the MMA community is legendary. It's really at. It's really just a thing of its own. I don't understand it. I was in UFC Nashville and I watched motherfuckers put on because Aljo was cornering somebody. Watched motherfuckers boo the fuck out of Aljo anytime they put him on the screen. So I was like, it's crazy. But backpack season, homie. Backpack season. You give it up for the things. Don't go well hurt. You are. I was Sugar Sean O'Malley fan of the group here. How, okay, uh, I know I know what your pick's gonna be. We don't have to give them out just yet. Right. But as the sugar stand, how like in in a sugar world, how does this play? In a sugar world, how does this play? Okay, in a sugar world in a in a sugar world, Aljo will do uh, you know, Aljo will do his best to shoot for his takedowns and he'll accidentally gas himself out in the first two rounds because Aljo he does t- he does tend to gas late in the fight. And uh, and after he gasses and can't land those takedowns anymore, because because the biggest thing Sugar Sean worked on his last two camps was takedown defense. You know what I'm saying? And smoking. Like like I don't like I don't like yeah like I don't, if you seen like the his his like training videos, but that's like the biggest thing they're working on. He has to reach advantage. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? And in the Sugar World, he jabs his head off and finishes him in a late round. The left hook. The left hook. A wise man once said, "Once I get that back, back, it's a rap, rap." I'm just saying. I want to also point it's out dang. in a sugar world. I also want to point out the weigh-ins. We gotta pay close attention to the weigh-ins. Like we don't want to count out Aljo not making weight. Well, it's yep. not. For, it's not for dick. Let's not forget. No one even seen Charles Oliveira missing weight as a fucking option last year. And he did miss weight, like so, like like it's just been recent in mind where like a great champ has lost, oh, uh, has been able to make weight. Fucking Shakur Stevenson couldn't make weight, and he like he's yeah. one of the most disciplined boxers. So like I'm just saying, like we can't we can't not rule it out. So like I just want to check the weigh-ins, but if everything comes to fruition, honestly, I said in the group chat, Sugar Sean's gonna need a gun if he thinks he's gonna be Aljo. Right, now that's facts. That boy better come toolied up. But I don't know where this weight shit comes from because everybody says this. This was like so. Like, he wants to move up. Once the moment you yeah. start talking about wanting to move up, it it gives everyone the knowledge of like, oh, okay, so you really like having coming in this weight isn't really like a life. Okay. You're not gonna be here forever. So you're like you're. It's not an easy time to make this weight because this isn't your weight. Okay, I respect that. Yeah, twenty twenty one. Because Cejudo was fucking campaigning about this damn weight cut, and I was like, bro, made the weight, no problem. And he looked fucking ripped as fuck. Hey, yeah, was, right. We never and, thought Oliveira would come out of weight, and he did. Shakur, like, at the moment, like, it's just like, oh, shit, like, this is harder weight cut than we see. Because we don't see him in tents like Alex Pierre is. We don't get to see all that. But when you start openly talking about, yeah, I'm going to move up soon, it's like, oh, there's a reason. There's not just, like, it's not just – Someone's you can't beat in front of you. It's something else is a reason why you're moving up. Oh yeah, but what's up, Data Man? But yeah, I remember back in 2021, they, they, you know, what I'm saying, you know, what I'm saying, he was saying that at one time he, he, you know, he he rehydrates all the way but back up to past 160, and he was walking around, and it, and this was in 2021 when he was supposed to fight Peter Yan in a rematch. He was saying how he wanted to, even the back then he wanted to move up, and how he walks around like 179, and he has to cut. All the way down to 135. That's why he only. That's why he only want, wants to fight like twice a year. He was he was saying on on the DC show. 
You know what I'm saying? How much weight cut, how, how bad the weight cuts are. So he's been wanting to for years. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not a new thing. Like, it's been like, he's been out on growing a weight class. Wrestling it was a pretty quick though. turnaround. It wasn't no DeMond Black shit turnaround, but it was a pretty quick turnaround. So that's what another factor, because like everything in my body is telling me I'll just win this fight. But like, I just think there are some factors that you can't always rule into effect. And I think the weight thing might be one of them. Because I just want to see this, does he need that? Does he need the extra hour or two hours? Does he come in looking good? Or is he looking like Conor McGregor fucking skeleton and bones up there? Mm-hmm. But on the fight itself, outside of anything we can't control, how do we see this fight playing out? Does it go all five rounds? Is it an early finish? Is it is it an early submission? What's going on? Kev, I haven't heard much from you on this fight. Crazy! I've talked the whole time. <laughs> if I was if I was Aljo, I'm I'm over here taking him down, securing him back, wrestling his ass, making him look bad. Over here, getting taking my twenty take, take have my twenty take down attempts. Don't give a fuck about my percentage. But I think Aljo feels like he has something to prove. He wants to hurt Sean O'Malley. He doesn't think Sean O'Malley's in his league, and he's gonna try to keep it standing. He's gonna try to bang with him. But I feel like Aldo also just naturally is a wrestler for real. So he's not going to um, deviate too much from the game plan. And that's what's going to make this like a five-round fight. But I think they're both going in with the idea to let this shit go. But And I feel like Sean O'Malley's been training takedown defense and everything. But I don't know how bad, how, how much he believes, how much if his training was takedown defense and they also getting out of bad positions. Like if you were to fight like Islam, or like one of the Dagestanis, you got to train a lot of getting out of bad positions. I don't know mm-hmm. how much that was that. I feel like he's, he's focused more. I, not in this camp. I could be wrong. But I feel like he's focused a lot more on just, I can't go to the floor at all. Versus like, if I do get to the floor, how do I get the fuck up? All right. I'm going to have a wild take. That's why I've been wanting y'all to talk. Because once I have this take, I can't go back. This is going to be... Well, I remember how I remember this particularly just because I'm a betting man. When Cambosis versus Haney happened the first time, it was like Haney minus 200, Cambosis plus 150. It was very close odds. Similar to what the Aljo Sugar Sean odds are right now. And then the rematch happened. And what were the odds? Haney minus 5,000, Cambosis plus like 2,000. I think Aljo is going to does absolutely I don't think he stands up with him at all just because he had like he's going to completely show the world like he even told him I hope you're working on your BJJ game I hope you've been working all BJJ I hope you've been working like he's already telling him the game plan and in a moment he the one thing he can get caught is with his chin he can get caught in a mean one and I think Ray Longo smart ass coach and he's going to make sure he's going to have his fighter doing a one-way. Here's a path to victory 100% of the time. Uh, yeah. That's what's going to happen. I think he comes out early shooting him. And the one hope, like you hit it on, like Sugar World, he stuffs those takedowns. Maybe hits him with a knee. Maybe hits him with an uppercut. That makes him kind of weary of shooting bad takedowns. But remember what Barab did to Jan? Takedown after takedown after takedown after shot, like 62 takedowns on him. I think Aljo is just going to come in here for five rounds and just shoot take. You can boom him all you want whenever the, the card is red. or it's. A, I think he might even get a finish potentially because I think Sugar is going to be one that gasses. Sugar is not a five-round fighter, at least not yet really. So, I mean, he looked good in the yawn, but uh, wrestlers or cardio is a different beast, especially when they're in their prime. Because wrestlers don't have the longest prime in UFC, but when they are in their prime, there's no one that can stop them. Like when it comes to that cardio shit, and I just think this is gonna be—he's gonna take them to the deep waters and watch them drown. Give me Aljo all the way, and then the, when, if the rematch ever happens, the odds the, after this fight is gonna be—we're gonna be looking at how people look with er, Errol Spence and Terence Crawford. There's like the odds were this close, really. Like. We're going to be sitting here like, wow, people really got Aljo at minus 200 and something when he just absolutely just destroyed him, just showed him it's a different level to this shit. And that, I, that's, that's better than the night. I don't give a fuck what the odds are. 
Real motherfucking shit, man. Real shit. I'm loving it. JP, man, what you got? I yes, yeah, yeah. See the yeah, the see the thing. I think um, I think Aljo. He, I think he's gonna stand up in the first round, and uh, you know, what I'm saying all his last. I think he's gonna stand up just just to throw him off a bit. He'll stand up in the first round, but as time goes on, yeah, he's gonna go for the takedowns. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? The Sugar Sean isn't the best at takedown defense. You know, we we saw Peter, we saw gassed out Peter Young was able to take him down, take him down. You know, we see, you know, see how easy it is to get on his back. And I really do think it's gonna be one sided, like you said. But I, I do think it's gonna be one side. I think I'll just kind of kind of make it boring, and it's gonna be more re- a lot more wrestling than it is stand up, like you said. But I do think in, in the first round it'll be it'll be a good amount of stand up. Welcome to five rounds, Sugar Sean. And your first yeah. is gonna be mm-hmm. out. I mean, Sugar's been training for this fight for over like a year and a half now. So like, you gotta be. I don't think the cardio is gonna be too big a problem, but I do think there's gonna be a difference in gas tanks. And like, I was gonna show like, y'all do this shit for real. All right. Do y'all have a pick for Friday night? Um, probably this one. Or no, nah, definitely not this one. Um, give me, give me your Friday night performance bonus. Give me, so you at least uh, can pick two. Cheeto Vera versus Pedro Munoz. I was gonna say that. Mm, that's good. And is that your Friday night? I want to say Bracketon, but I don't think that's gonna end in a finish. Um. I might take Brad. Maybe Chris White made Brad Tavares. Damn. So that's so I'm gonna take Friday tonight. Aljo versus Sean O'Malley. No, Friday tonight I'm gonna give it to Zong versus Lemos. Mm-hmm. And then for a performance of the night, I'm gonna give it to Brad Tavares when he gives it that oh my god type of KO on Chris Weidman. Okay, I like it. Yes, uh, my fight of the night. I'm going. Fight of the night will be Ian Gary, Neil Magny for me. And performance of the night, I'm going to give him my guy Cheeto against Pedro. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we got to get the fuck up out of here, y'all guys. Go tune in. If y'all didn't see the recap of Vegas 78, go tune in for the fight night this weekend. And always stay tuned for the boxing stuff. We're going to take a week off on the picks until Usyk versus Dubois next week. But tune in for the recap of AJ Hilanis and Oscar Valdez and Emmanuel Navarrete, which was a war. As always, this has been Totally Blitz Podcast. We just broke down UFC 292 Austin, Sterling versus O'Malley, double featured title bouts with Zonway Lee versus Amanda Lemos. This, this is Paul Pickle I'm joined with Kev Street Fights Enthusiast Savoy and Jay Jamari, style Paul Run Boxing. And if y'all didn't know, now y'all know, motherfucker.